Southeast Radio's morning mix. I'd like you to down tools, maybe put the kettle on and maybe just sit back and uh, have a wee listen because a very good friend of the Morley Mix is here in studio with me. Uh, was a real trooper during the dark days of the pan- pandemic but now sadly has a, has a story to tell where she says the hope is that we can save somebody else. So I welcome back into the studio for the first time in over a year, uh, Shelley Atkins. Good morning to you, Shelley. Thank you, Alan, and all the listeners and it's lovely to be here with you again. Shirley, um, you uh, have uh, gone on record in the paper. Isabel Colloran has done a wonderful article in last week's Gory Guardian, and you were talking to me about you wanted to come down. We didn't want to do it on the telephone, so we had to work the various schedules that you could come down. We want to talk about your, 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 your nephew, Kyle. Yes. He sadly is no longer with us anymore. So, I mean, talk to me about him, and, and I know it's, it's tough on you, but you wanted to do this today, so I'll let you, I'll let you share it with us. Thanks, Alan. Um, Kyle was and is and will continue to be the most wonderful nephew and boy. A man, I should say. I always think of him as a boy, as, your, as my nephew. Uh, Kyle turned 30 last March and he had, we had the most wonderful day um, down in the beautiful Tower of E with him in Courtown um, and he celebrated not only a milestone in his life becoming of the age of 30 but he also um, was actively in um, a rehab for, um, he was dealing with an addiction that he had fought his whole life and he um, he was successful, he was clean, he was living a new life. I, I describe it as Alan um, for us and all of our family. It was a new life for him um, to have that new life and that new outlet of being clean, being sober and you know getting the help he finally needed through all his years since a teenager of um mental health issues and then turning to addiction and that had become his life for such a long time till a few years ago excuse me he found the courage to reach out to his family and say i need help and that's where we all came in and fought hard with him so here is this young man, 30 years of age, but an incredible athlete, I'm told. Yeah. Oh, an incredible athlete. What I wouldn't give to do one more run with him, Alan. Um, anyone who knows Kyle um, knows that he was an outdoor child. Um, our whole family are. And he was an incredible runner. He actually holds the mountain record up in Devil's Glen where his rehab centre was. He holds the record of 19 minutes and 19 seconds for the very steep mountain hill run up there which is a huge achievement. Um, I will be getting a plaque made for that gate so that forever and an eternity everyone knows that that's Kyle's record. He ran weekly um, and physical education, physical exercise got him through the dark times. I would say that he would walk the mountains um, with his dad and my brothers, his uncles and his cousins. He would come running with myself. He would come running with our club um, and he would go to the gym a lot and he said himself that in the dark days, physical exercise, Alan and listeners really helped him come out of those dark days mm. and um, he was an incredible athlete. That's anyone who knows knows him knows exactly how fit he was so if it's not too painful and if it is too painful I'll move on but just I know you wanted to come here to help yeah. and to get the message out there and also to remember him and but the, the trajectory he was on from the early ages or early stages of addiction 
how, how did he become addicted and what did he become addicted to and why? So Kyle struggled with mental health issues as a teenager um, and we only found this out in later years because like many people and to anyone who's listening right now who is struggling with mental health issues, he hid it so well from us all. Um, and then he began to mask his mental health issues with drink and then that led on to softer drugs as I'd call them um, you know um, smoking um, and then leading on to recreational drugs there there's lots of different levels of drugs Alan um, and um, there's d10s there's um, medications that people take that they use as a as a drug um, there's cocaine there's weed there's lots of drugs out there I couldn't even name them all Alan because I'm not it's not my area of expertise but I just know that it was so readily available it scared me when he and I sat down and talked about it I mean he literally had it at his fingertips whenever he wanted and that is what is in our society today um, and that's a reason why I thought I would do this with you. So Kyle really struggled with addictions and he knew it was getting out of control and spiralling. So he went to his parents and his family because we were a very, very strong family. Um, we always stood by him in the good days and the bad days. And we went to him and he told us he was struggling with uh, drug abuse um, for masking his mental health issues. Mm. Um, as many people, he thought that would take away the pain and fix him and it didn't. So he came to stay with us uh, about two years ago and I helped him every day to contact a rehab centre um, Tiglin was the one that we had um, researched and chosen and he rang every day while he stayed with myself and my husband and family and he had to remain clean and sober to do that so I with my background I helped him do that we you know I I actually drug tested him I did it every day in my house we ran a lot we swam the sea together you, you actually and he let you drug test he him. did ev every day ev you're, 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 you're a medical practitioner yes so. yes I have a, a degree in mental health science and um, psychiatric nursing so we did that and he was willing he really needed the help and he was ready to get it Alan. and did you ever uh, was it ever identified what was triggering all this in the first place? He, mental health issues that he didn't actually ever share, ever share, or ever address, or ever ask for help with. He he masked it all, um, and when it came out years later in his counselling in rehab, you know he hadn't gone to his parents, he hadn't come to us for help with those issues, um, and you know if you think about it, Kyle was. 30 last March so he would have been 15 16 years old and like that back then it, it even to say back then um, it wasn't as prevalent and it wasn't as talked about in our community so he said that to me even last year he said I didn't realize as a teenager that what I was going through what was you know um, mental health serious issues right. I just thought it was me being a teenager and being a little bit wild that they were my that was my issues and that was what everyone was going through at the right. time it was only all these years later when he had gone through all the addiction problems got into rehab been mm. supported by the family that he actually realised what the problem was now I can't go into that because that's between him and his counsellors but of he course. he really he had struggled um as I call them and we called them together, um, the demons would come to play and he we had to work through that with him. And like myself and my family, like his dad, his mom, his stepmom, grandparents, aunties, uncles, all of us, even down to say down to his little cousins who are fantastic, 
we would go through that with Kyle and we would be there for the dark days and we would talk him through that and help him. And you felt you were genuinely making headway? Absolutely, absolutely. And he was phenomenal and he showed us such raw strength that we will take with us forever, Alan. And I'm so proud of him for that. He taught us so much. Right. But somewhere along the line, Shelley, it, it took another turn, and this is the hardest thing for you to fathom, and this is perhaps one of the main reasons you're here in studio with me. Yep. What happened? So last year, um, so, so, sorry, I should say 2023, yes, last year, Kyle was doing really well. He was in rehab. Um, so from rehab, he went to a support house, Carrick Eden. So he went from Tiglin Rehab Centre, where he did a nine-month programme, and then you have an option to go on to a support house in Greystones. Absolutely phenomenal service. He went to the support house where he lived with about um, 30 other people in the house. Um, It's a men's residential house and he had support there all the time. And Kyle would come out at weekends and he'd pop down to see his family and he had freedom in that house. It's a, it's a kind of a new way of living. It's a residential house where you get to live back in society. You get to have a part-time job. And then um, I suppose the only way I can describe it um, is that Kyle felt so strong um, that he'd done the programme, he'd come through it and I mean one day we spoke and he said I'm really good, I know my recovery will be forever but I really feel fixed and I really feel good and I'm ready to start living again. And sadly Kyle had a couple of relapses where he left the residential home and you know I suppose you'd say relapsed um, went out drank took drugs and um, again hid it from the family a lot of the time it wasn't something we were aware of first and then um, in September he decided to kind of go off and went missing for a day or two um, and then we got the call from the house to say look we we have to get someone to come and uh, get Kyle because you know it's not working for him at the moment he needs to start again and I think that's where the downhill came Um, you know he and I spoke about that all the time I don't think anyone unless they're going through it Alan realises and to the listeners and if anyone's out there listening you might know what I'm talking about I don't think you or I who don't struggle would understand what starting again means the impact of starting again is life changing and All we can say as a family and all we can now assume is that he didn't have the strength anymore. He used to talk to me about that himself. He used to say, if this doesn't work, I don't know if I can do it again, Auntie Shelley. And we talked so candidly. We spoke, I mean, Kyle and I would walk the woods at 3 and 4 a.m. when he was struggling and we'd hold hands and we'd cry and we'd run and we'd talk and we'd go home and I'd say get in the shower tomorrow's a new day and we'd watch the sunrise and you know all his family did this my brothers his dad his brother everyone we all did this we all held his hand through the dark days and the good days and he was phenomenal but sadly Kyle just could not find that strength to start the, the whole motion again and that's the sad thing for us that we we lost him through that how long have, how long is it since he's gone eight weeks so it was two months yesterday so the 5th of december um but i felt it was really important to speak at now while it's so raw because um i just as our family to be a representative for our family we're a really really strong family we've great morals and principles we've all been brought up so well um and it's really difficult to go through this with with your own flesh and blood 
to try and understand the struggles and to give him the strength. Um, and all we could do, as I said to him, I used to say to him, I had an expression, you know, we can hold your hand, but we can't do this for you. And that's all we could do. And that's yeah. all any family can do. Um, but sadly, two months ago yesterday, um, Kyle really relapsed. And um, yeah, he he basically, I suppose you say, relapsed, um, took drugs again, drank, and he unfortunately... Um, took his own life that evening and we as a family all of us rushed to his side and we were with him and we held him and we told him everything we wanted to tell him and it was emotional and it will stay with us for the rest of our days but we hope we can help somebody else any other family or any other person to all the listeners out there all we can do is keep Kyle's memory alive and for us as a family, we've always been taught to hold our hand out. So for us, this is what I'm doing the paper article for. And this is why I'm down here today with you guys t- who are so kind to help us spread this yeah. message of um, help. I complimented Isabel on her article in, in the paper because um, one of the, 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 the paragraphs that jumped out at me was, uh, I don't want it to be a taboo subject. Yep. So um, something that Kyle and I spoke about all the time was, I used to I used to ask him questions that were as I would say I would ask him questions that were awkward and uncomfortable and that's the only way to get somebody out of their comfort zone so for anyone out there who has any kids or any family members struggling if you let them sit in a comfort zone and if you don't ask them questions that will make you both feel uncomfortable you will never get an honest answer so I used to say I used to say to Kyle, I'm going to ask you a question now and there's no shame, there's no fear, I need an answer. And he would give me an answer and it would be, I'm ashamed and I'm worried about what people are going to think of me. And he, I said that in his eulogy at the funeral, he actually worried all the time what people thought of him because he had such a kind heart and he didn't want to let his family or friends or anybody down around him. And I used to say to him, Kyle, as a family... There's no shame and there's no fear. We need you to get better and get away through this. So don't make this a taboo subject. If you're struggling, you need to come and tell us. And he, he used to do that, to be fair. He did. He did for a long time. I think, Shelley, you've, you've shared enough with us. You've, you've put yourself in, in front of the people of Wexford this morning to share this story. What would you like his legacy to be? I'd like his legacy to be that he was a phenomenal young man. He um, helped others all the time. And the memory the memory run and walk we did on New Year's Eve was something that you probably read it in the article that Kyle and myself and the rehab centre planned. Um, sadly, he didn't get to do it. So for us, um, Croken Mountain was a special place for us to go in his hard times and his good times. So for me and our family, I would just like to say that there is help out there and Kyle always talked about helping others even in Tiglin where he was he was about to become an advocate for others he was going to be a mentor um, because he did so well and I would like everyone to know that Kyle wanted everyone out there to know all the time that there is help and that even through the dark days just reach out and somebody will listen and somebody will help and sadly it, it didn't work out in the end for him but we will forever hold his memory in such high regard he's the best man thank you for having the bravery to come and share this story with us this morning and uh, as you say yourself if it can save one more life it would have been worth your while coming in here today isn't that right yes that's right and to all the listeners and to anyone who is listening out there 
please reach out for help and we hope that no other family has to go through this um it's really difficult but it's 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 nice and it's good to be able to share and I would hope that in time like I wrote in the newspaper with Isabel that we can get something in our local area that helps people who are struggling with dual diagnosis which is mental health issues and drug and drink addiction so we hope that there's somewhere that we will be able to open or access for people who are at home and families and individuals are going through this all the time every day in our in our society we have a serious issue with um, mental health um, issues and drug addiction and it's sad that it's so readily got in our community and I hope that one day we can really start to clamp down on this and help the people who are struggling. And that's our wishes. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Southeast.